0: Hello, Vineyard! Good morning
1: or good evening, whenever you're tuning in. Good yes. to see everybody, Absolutely. kind of. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so glad to uh, to be here with you. And we got some great questions today. And uh, last we week do. we were out of town. We were traveling. Yep. To uh, We went to a conference up in Tampa.
1: Which was wonderful. Yeah, I
0: think we did a little thing yeah. from Bayside. Uh, yeah. We were at Bayside <laughs> Church. And uh, I think we're going to have some mission teams come down from there because they can't get their people out of the country so we'll we'll happily take we
1: will take we will never say no that's right to bayside there you go Man. they are an amazing place yes how's your eye hon
0: they can probably in this close up they can see it yeah. I, I, it's getting better slowly yeah. it's yeah. uh you know it doesn't look great depending on the video yeah. and the lighting it looks like zombie eye yeah but uh <laughs> So but it's may, not. You, we may we should put a thing on this that says, you know, may uh, may disturb small children. children. Have <laughs> you
1: scared any children? Did you? Uh-huh. you I know did. I did for a fact. <laughs> you
0: did. I did. Yes, yeah, did.
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. I
0: know that I did. So um I'm not sure what the um, the worship songs are this week, but I, I remember Doug saying something to me, and they're gonna be really good. It'll be a good set. Always, We're looking forward to it. I'll be back in imager and training again. Yeah. Um and uh Uh, We talked about integrity last week. Oh, we're talking about Peacemakers. Great. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very timely message. So that's what's coming with that. And we have questions from last week and this week. So we better...
1: Why did the witch put a frog in her drink?
0: Um, uh, I don't know.
1: She wanted some Coca-Cola. That's really bad. I know. That's off my... I wouldn't have used (laughs) that one.
0: It's on my calendar. I
1: know. I did the joke this time. There you go. All right. You ready, babe? Yes. First question. It is interesting that Jesus should choose a Samaritan to show mercy in the parable. Obviously, Jesus would realize that the law experts would not associate with Samaritans. Why were Samaritans looked down upon?
0: So, a couple of things. You know, back in the when the kingdom split into the northern and southern kingdoms, uh, they, they, that started the issue, and the king actually uh, set up his own places of worship so that they didn't need to go to Jerusalem anymore. That begins the rift. Um, it, it's, um, during the exile, the Northern kingdom is exiled first. And, um, what would happen often during an exile is, and I think it was the Assyrians that got them, they would bring other people, they would take the people they captured out to other places and they would bring other people that they'd captured and put them in here, kind Mm -hmm. of just get them all unsettled. And, um, and so, and then the new people were having some issues, so they brought in a priest to sort of, they thought maybe that would calm God down or something, I don't know, and the, the whole um, way they were practicing uh, Judaism, if you would, got totally changed, and uh, it, it finally came down to where the Samaritans only believed in the first five, but they believed in the, in the Deuteronomy, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that was it. They didn't take any of the poetry books or any of the wow. pro- prophetic books or anything. Wow. Um, and they also believed that they had the only real copy of that whole situation. And so this caused this big rift, um, even though there was a, a lot of similarities that there was that rift that was going on. And that was why the hatred was so intense. So it goes back to the division of the kingdoms worse than in the exile. And, um, and, and so that was kind of the whole big brouhaha that was going on. But Jesus, you know, he would, he, he would the woman at the well and everything. Right. He, went, he yeah. went right through to those yeah. folks, and he just loved on them and blessed
1: them. But, okay. On a side note, what yeah. are the first five books of the Bible called? The Sept. Is it the Septuagint? <laughs> um, Am I saying it right?
0: It's, it's, they're, they're known as the Torah, the and, Torah? The, and the law, but normally the Torah. Well,
1: what's uh, The Septuagint.
0: I believe that's a, that's a, it's a language form okay. of the Bible. So, um, so I think, you know, the Septuagint was the um, the Sorry. way it was translated Extra. originally uh, in one of the original languages. Okay. But let's, well, let's check because.
1: See, okay. live.
0: Septuagint it's a greek version of the hebrew bible Bible.
1: okay including
0: including words
1: i can't say yeah yeah
0: yeah. so that's that's what it is it's a translation uh, of the whole thing okay And, and there you go you ready yep
1: what is your explanation of the parable of the mustard seed luke 13 18 and 19. it seems to describe the growth and spreading influence of the church but as it mentions about birds nesting in the branches, could this speak of corruption, likening to the parable of the sower where the birds ate the seed on the path? Hmm.
0: Yeah, good question. Yeah. So the Luke 13, 18, then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree and the birds of the air perched in its branches. So um, that's that's the verse. The the thing is, you know, the the parables, so you can do a lot of things with parables, and Jesus right. taught that way, so you thought about them and dug in, but we, we need to be careful that we don't read too much into the parables either, uh, and so there's a balance, and I think <laughs> the meaning in this parable is what you talked about in the first place, it's talked about how something starts very small and grows very large, and it's talking about what happens, you know, with um, Jesus and the church and the kingdom uh, and as it you know he starts with you know it's you know him and then 12 guys and then then it picks up from there right and continues out into the world um, i I don't really think there's any um other than it's large enough the, the small seed goes into a plant large enough that birds can actually perch there he's just trying to give us that picture of it. I don't really think there's a whole lot of symbolism in the bird's perch there could could what you what you think be it could be i just i wouldn't you know we're not sure of those things so uh, i think you know if god gives you some insight into that that's a good thing but um you know not it's not necessarily that so uh so that's kind of Sorry. what's going on i'm leaning you out of the picture and i don't want to do Sorry. that come on you're a big part of this got to be in here smile <laughs> <laughs> next you ready yep
1: not all anger is bad. What can you add to help understand better the three types of anger? Rage, uncontrolled and directed towards someone. Resentment, re- repressed, subtle righteous ind- indignation based on love, wanting to help someone who's been wronged. Example, Mark ten thirteen. We as Christians are to become more Christ-like, and I believe we can all agree on that.
0: So Mark 10, 13, 14 says people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the right. disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said, and let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the right. kingdom of God belongs to such as he. So that was the righteous indignation, which you, you, you said was one of the three types of anger. Um, so, uh, you know, and you're right. Anger. There's a place for anger. Jesus mm-hmm. obviously wasn't happy at that moment. He wasn't happy with the money changers and no. their tables. Um, and then, you know, but, but how many types of anger there are? Like, uh, so, you know, I, I, I looked, uh, passive aggression is one, open aggression, assertive anger. Uh, another way of saying it is justifiable anger, annoyance, anger, or mm-hmm. aggressive anger. And, you know, which one are you um, yeah. sort of operating in at any moment? I, I think the, the sort of key in it all is in Ephesians 4.26, when it says, in your anger, do not sin. Right. That's a big thing, because you're right. We are going to, things should make us angry. Mm-hmm. Um, some things, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy should make us angry. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the brokenness of our world should certainly be stirring some things in there. Um, and, you know, it's what we do with it, because in response to it, don't sin, right? And then some things make us angry that shouldn't any longer uh, and we need to be aware of those things too. You know, annoying and saying, I always talk about driving and it, yeah. it just doesn't, there's, there's a lot of things we get angry about that just don't make any difference. They don't mean it. You know, it's not a, it's just not a big deal. We take it as a, you know, some sort of violation of our personal <laughs> space or our rights or something. And it's just, you know, it's, it, it shouldn't be that way, yeah. but, uh,
1: but. It happens.
0: It happens. So You know, I think. It, The the, the, the idea, the understanding is in your anger, don't sin. And also don't let the sun go down on your anger. If you're upset, you deal with it and deal with it appropriately. Um, So if something has got you going, go back to the source if you can. You know, if it's a relational thing, try and figure out why and what's going on. Sometimes that's hard to do, but uh, it's usually the healthiest thing to do. Uh, if it's just an annoyance, just, you know, pray and shake it off. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, the the other things, our response to those things, that you, the evil ones doing everything should cause us to want to get closer to Jesus right. and live this life out. Well, I think,
1: you know, for me, if I'm triggered with anger, it's always, it's always like a, um, something for me to look at, look at deeper. What's, what am I, what's really going on? You know, if just like I'm riding my bike and somebody pulls out in front of me, that's just, you know, annoyance. But if I'm just got that general feeling of unwellness and unhappiness, I can only speak for myself. I have to look deeper. What is going on? And that's where I find the Lord and all of that. Cause, you know, we live in a hard world. Absolutely. It happens.
0: Yeah. 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 So, you know, those are all those things. Don't, you know, things things are going to make you angry mm-hmm. and it's it's really it's your response is yeah. is what the lord is working on
1: mm-hmm.
0: so uh, it happens
1: it happens you ready i was reading first corinthians 15 29 and it made me wonder if the early church had people who were baptized for the dead i know i knew the mormons can be baptized for other people whether the people want them to be baptized or not, and for the dead. But I never realized this was done in the Christian church. Please explain this first. That's
0: a so, good question. Yeah, it's First Corinthians 15, right? Right. And, um, which is a fantastic chapter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Paul talks about this, but he's not condoning it. It was something that had been going on. And and uh, the, the bigger question is all about, you know, uh, mm-hmm. resurrection. And they they were doubting, you know, what is actually going to take place, and and Paul's like, well, I don't understand. If you don't believe in resurrection, why in the world would you be baptizing people for the dead, right. which was something that was going on? So he's not saying that it worked. He was just saying this is something that you're doing. I don't understand why you you're having you're, you're having issues with resurrection. And then he you know he tries to straighten that whole thing out. So uh, it was never um, that the the early church. Um, thought this was a good thing, um, but it was happening in some places, and and uh, that idea of even at baptism was, you know, around before the church, and so they, yeah. it was something that they were trying out, and, and and apparently in Corinth, this was something that they had um, taken in, and, and would have to get straightened out later, so mm. uh, it is kind of a Weird, weird, chat, weird passage to read when you read that, you go, what in the world is that? Why don't we do that now? But it wasn't, when you look at it, Paul wasn't saying this is what you need to do. He was, he was really, the bigger subject was he was tying in um, resurrection and what was going to happen and what that looks like. And uh, it's sort of a bigger picture that he's going for. And he uses that to just kind of stir them up a little bit.
1: Did God harden Pharaoh's heart in order to show his power through miracles? And can you give an example of where God hardens people's hearts today? Hmm.
0: So this is one of those places where people struggle because they think, well, that's not fair. (laughs) That God would harden somebody's heart. Um, So I, I kind of step it back to this. Pharaoh was evil.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so, Mm -hmm. so let's not give Pharaoh a break. Mm -mm. He was evil. He was running an evil empire. Um, the Pharaohs had ordered ordered the murder of all the Hebrew children that were going to be born. Mm -hmm. Uh, you you know, uh, all the males anyway, you're talking about evil personified. So it's not like, Oh, here's a pretty good dude. And, uh, (laughs) wow, that doesn't seem right of God. So the, the reality would be that his heart was already ardent.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and and then uh knowing that god would use that i think to um further the purposes that needed to be happened as you know because exodus is a huge deal yeah and all the events that are going Mm. on there and it was how how god had determined that this was going to take place um but but uh we struggle a lot with the idea of Justice and injustice and oh. what we think is okay and what's not. Um, you, you'll read again in the New Testament, you know, the Pharisees had hardened hearts. Did God do that? Well, kind of sounds like he does. However, again, you get people that are already hardened to God. It's, mm-hmm. They've already made those decisions. And so I think just knowing that, then, then God kind of works in that whole process. So uh, can hard hearts be softened? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Will they be? That's a lot that's got to do with repentance and Mm -hmm. willingness. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, there's a lot of people that are evil that choose not to repent. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that necessarily aren't evil that choose not to repent. And uh, their hearts get hardened. Mm -hmm. And, um, you you know, that's, we're we're always hoping that we're helping people to get softened hearts. Because that's, you know, I mean, when we come to know Jesus, really, that's the thing that happens is we get a spiritual heart transplant, Right. right? Our old hard hearts become soft again. Right. Um, and you, you want that for everybody, but mm-hmm. not everybody is, uh,
1: right.
0: is in for the, in for the
1: journey. Right. I just thought about King David and he knew the Lord and loved the Lord and served the Lord and was you know, chosen by God. And yet in the height of his power, he completely you know, killed somebody, he had this horrible affair. And um, although God, he repented, he still had to suffer the consequences of that action. And because of those consequences, he saw his heart and he repented. And I think that's the difference, even as Christians, you know, be careful that your heart doesn't get hard and sin will do that. Yeah. You know, if you, you know.
0: And David, he was a man after God's own heart yeah. because he repented.
1: Because he repented. And, yes. and Saul,
0: uh, if you in look in those stories, mm-hmm. Saul wouldn't repent when confronted right. with his issues and sin. So right. that's the big difference. It could be,
1: really be his girl, be his guy, repent when you need to. Yes. Okay. Can you expound a little on the concept of having mercy for yourself? Some people have a much easier time extending it to others than receiving
0: it yeah and that's just a it's kind of more of a settledness in moving away from our performance stuff
1: right
0: and that's a big issue because uh and that'll come up again in some other questions that we're going to look at right. here we uh mm-hmm. we really struggle with performance justice uh earning things what we think we're supposed to happen right and uh I, I think unless we get into a place where we just sort of come to peace with the fact that um, God loves us in spite of our brokenness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and then it never is a license to do things that we shouldn't do, but um, the sense. realization that a lot of those things are responses to brokenness in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then asking God to heal us in those places and, and then, you know, asking for mercy and grace. As we get it for, mm-hmm. for me, you know, I, I always say, I, I'm a, I, I ask for mercy every day. I, his mercy is in there because I need it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a, i am mm-hmm. I am so far from, you know, getting it right. Oh. And, and, uh, and yet I want to, yeah. so uh, I'm grateful for his mercy or I just, I just give it up because you, you couldn't do it. You know, no, you, if you, you have to, you have to realize how desperately you need his mercy Yeah. in order to continue to press in.
1: And I think Maybe and um, the lack of being able to give yourself that mercy might be a little bit of a pride issue. Um, you need to, you know, maybe look at that. And are you, you can have it for everybody else, but not me. Why not? You know, it's okay to give yourself mercy to let it go. It's like that balance between, you know, pride and ego. Is that in there? You know, I don't know. Good. Gotta look at that. Ready? Mm-hmm. I am entering into a new friendship with someone who has similar, but not the same beliefs as me. She is Mormon. What is some advice on this new relationship? You know, uh,
0: there's levels of friendship, right? So we always want to be loving and kind and uh, um, in in our friendships. Um, But we also need to be careful of uh, are really deeper relationships that we are as, mm-hmm. as like-minded and as not close together as we can, Ill. not unequally, Ill. yes, 2 uh, Corinthians 6, 14. Mm-hmm. So um, we have some significant differences um, with the Mormons, and uh, God bless them, usually very nice folks, oh, yeah. um, but, but um, their theologies and ours, while they present what seems to be very similar, is very, 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 very different. if you
1: go deep enough
0: yeah yeah. you go deep enough so you need to be cautious the kind but cautious and you know i i'm again you have levels of relationship Mm -hmm. right so always kind it's okay to have friends that believe don't believe believe different all that's good but you you don't have that next level of relationship Mm -hmm. with folks Mm -hmm. um when when there's sort of big major you just don't want to get yourself into them because Mm -hmm. it's not going to work and uh yeah, some people are oh, all going to be friends with them so I can win them to Jesus, and and and, and then you know the flip side is they're, they want to they're win they're having win a relationship it. so they can win you into their thing.
1: But that might not be the situation. It, it might
0: not be, but, but it, avoid, it does happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: avoid avoid arguments. You know, mm-hmm. avoid theological debates. Um, you know. Good friends don't usually have theological debates, they're just friends. Right. There's a connection, there's a heart connection. Yeah. So, just be careful, be careful, be kind, be polite, and yeah. know your boundaries.
0: And in, in that whole line, too, um, you will almost never talk someone, um, no out of one of those exactly. into believing you, but you can you love them in, yeah. So, there's a significant difference. they 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 know how to go with you, talk wise, yeah. But they often don't understand the you know what the love of of Jesus really looks like, so yeah. that's what you walk in good ready mm-hmm.
1: multiple verses that you read from this weekend mentioned having clean hands and then a purified heart. Is the meaning of cleaning hands a symbol of baptisms that leads to a pure heart
0: i don't i don't you know again uh it might look like that, but I don't think so. I think that the the context there between a pure heart and clean hands is this, is that um, uh, what happens in your heart is often carried out in your hands. And so if something right. is impure in your heart, your hands are generally what gets you into the bigger problem. Mm. And the, the connection is you, you want your heart to be pure and you want your hands to be clean. So, so don't engage in um, things that you know that you shouldn't engage in. And, and, and I think that's the way the two work more than anything, because um, mm-hmm. it's not just an outward cleanliness of the hands. It's a, you know, this is a bigger thing, right? So it's, it's get your heart pure so that your hands aren't being instruments yeah. of sin.
1: Yeah. Out of the abundance of the heart. Absolutely. The mouth speaks. Yeah. By Jesus's response in Luke 10, 28, according to him, we can obtain eternal life by adhering to Deuteronomy 6. Why didn't he mention anything about belief in him for salvation to the guy asking the question? Good question. Yes.
0: I want to read you the passage. (laughs) On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. So the context, he's Mm -hmm. testing Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Mm -hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. You answered correctly, Jesus. Do this and you will live. Now it doesn't say you'll have eternal life. Hmm,
1: that's
0: he, right. He, it's, it's not, it's not the connection. He, and and so he's talking to someone trying to trap him, and in effect, the answer is, uh, that's great. If if you could do those things, that's a summary of the law. Yeah, you could do it, but nobody can do those things. Nobody. See the, the, the remember the law points us to the reality that we need Jesus. Because yeah. we can't live up to it um nobody can and and that's at the basis of all these things and he's saying look if you could do those things you'd have life and you you don't even have life um because you you're not doing that part right Uh, and and so this is the this is the whole issue with with what's going on and because you know if he if he really did love god with all his heart he would recognize who jesus was uh, instead yeah. of trying to trap yeah, him into exactly. something else, right so it, it's it the whole thing is a twist, but don't read into it oh that's the that's the secret it, the that's not what Jesus is saying no. at all he He's saying ultimately, if you could do those things, you could live, but you you can't do those <laughs> things in your own strength, not even though you know he summarized it. you can't live up to the summary apart from um you can't do it that's why you need Jesus right It's only with the help of Holy Spirit that we can even begin to do that in some measure. And even then we don't do it perfectly. So my cat just moved off because she hurts a garbage truck.
1: Yes, she doesn't like garbage
0: No. So uh, that's good. Okay. Good
1: question. Amen. Okay. Google says that other than the Psalms, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy more than any other book. Why do you believe he emphasized Deuteronomy so much in his teachings? And what should I be looking for when I'm reading through it?
0: You know, I always say this: whenever you're reading the Old Testament, look for Jesus.
1: Yeah, the crimson thread of redemption.
0: There you go. Good job. <laughs> I said so, I know Genesis three fifteen, years. and then all the way through, you look for the thread. Yeah. So I always tell people: look, look, read, look for Jesus. I'll do that in Deuteronomy. Look for Jesus. Um, And and yes, he uses Deuteronomy a lot, Mm -hmm. um, but not as much as the Psalms, which is the where he goes most often. Right. So you got to hold that in there. He also uses the prophets, Isaiah. He uses huge chunks of the Old Testament. Yes. So um, I I get Deuteronomy was something had to be the second most quoted, but uh, after the Psalms. But you know, Isaiah wasn't far off. Mm -hmm. Uh, He uses Isaiah a lot. Um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, And so uh, I didn't write down how many, but uh, he uses a lot. I think you know the 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 thing that we need to take from your your question which is good and noticing that how what jesus does is he often refers to the word how often that he's looking at the word of god and it's a model for us yeah. and we need to be taking in the word of god you know and jesus obviously is the living word so he was right there but we need to embrace it and study it and read it enough so that it's available holy spirit that we can do those same things when when something comes up we know what the word says yeah and and that's what jesus was demonstrating time and time yeah. again you know the, the deuteronomy patches, passages he uses you know in the temptation against the enemy um and so there's there's all of that going in there but he and often in all sorts of questions he just goes to what the word says and he, and he pulls that out. So I, I think the lesson for us is um, uh, it's very nice when we can say it is written mm,
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: and then and then go from there. But it, that's just a matter of us, you know, staying connected and reading the scripture, yeah. realizing the importance of it and pressing in. And yeah. So commit, once again, you know, I, I had, I've had several people now that I kind of because I yelled in one of the messages, <laughs> read, your read your Bible. And uh, they were like, I- because I don't normally do that. But seriously, read your Bibles, (laughs) please. Uh, You know, if if you never hear me say anything else over the last 30 years, uh, uh, yeah, he just, he wanted us to read our Bibles. And that's it. It, it, It's it's there. God
1: will take it from there. Trust me. Yeah. He will.
0: So read your Bibles. Yeah. Good.
1: Cool. Okay. What was your church planting experience like as a youth pastor? What does the church planting process entail? what were some lessons that you learned when you were starting a new Jesus community? Additional. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received in general? Wow.
0: The best piece of advice I ever received in general was to follow Jesus. Yeah. Well, uh,
1: <laughs> that was an easy answer.
0: <laughs> that was absolutely the best. One. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I was a youth pastor. Uh, We were in in, uh, very early on. uh, It was
1: fun. 1990.
0: Mm -hmm. In the middle of 1990, we became youth pastors at the church we're at now. And uh, we had a great youth group. At the same time, I felt like I was supposed to start a church. Mm -hmm. And so in um, sometime in 91, you know, I actually started um going up to Marathon. It's twenty miles away from us
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um uh started in a in a little group in a in a um storefront. Well actually we started in a home. Did we then we went to the school where day. we rented a classroom That's and right. then after we'd gathered some people That's in the right. classroom, mm-hmm. we rented it, we got a storefront and um so I would meet up there on Sunday mornings early with that church in Marathon, like mm-hmm. at eight, and then also on Sunday nights. And then I would go back. We would go back for service at Big Pine, where we also served um, as youth pastors. And um, so we were doing that. And then in um, 1992, the pastor at the time, his wife passed away,
1: yeah.
0: which was a very difficult thing for the church. All of us. Yeah, all of us. And, um, and then he resigned um, sometime after that. And so uh, all of a sudden, then I had two churches. I had one in Big Pine and one in Marathon um, uh, that I was trying to take care of. And so for a little while, I was going back and forth. I was going very early Marathon, doing the yeah. morning one, shooting back to Big Pine. I think at Marathon, we were at eight. And then I could rush back. Yeah. And, and the church in Big Pine was at 10, much smaller church then. And, um, and that was going pretty well until mm. they filmed the movie, True Lies.
1: Yeah, that's right. I know. Oh my goodness! And
0: they, when they were filming the movie True Lies, uh, they, they, shut the they down. start shutting, kept shutting the bridge down on me, and a couple of times I couldn't get back um, for church. And so I said, okay, I can't, I can't yeah. do this.
1: And Doug was only three; he couldn't preach yet.
0: No, no, he wasn't ready. Right <laughs> yeah, two or three. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so we just decided that we would shut that down. But it was a great experience. Um, my my big advice for anyone who thinks they're called to play in a church is is start uh, with a, see if you can have a Bible study, right. start a small group, yeah. see if people will follow. Um, don't go in with a great big sort of thing. You first, you need to see if, if you can lead. Yes. And, and the way that you know that you can lead is if people follow. And, and if you, if you try and do things and nobody ever follows, it's probably not your calling. Yeah. Uh I, I, I mean don't give up right away. It takes a while, but start start small and see what God does and see if you're able to attract people mm-hmm. and um if that if that anointing is on you and then you take it from there. And it takes a while. it was a lot of work getting that little church going a Marathon. Um it took a lot of commitment, it took a lot of outreach, it took a lot of um, you know, inviting people, uh and um it was it was coming along. It was, but it was pretty exciting, you tears, know. It, it it had it had grown blood, to a thirty sweat. plus, uh, <laughs> so we were getting to be thirty or forty, which yeah. is a pretty when you're small church. That's a good number. Yeah. Um, and then, but it just it wasn't possible to maintain both, and I didn't really have somebody to turn it over to in Marathon, so we ended up shutting it down. Right. Good question.
1: Yes, um, the church planning process in the Vineyard is pretty extensive. Mm-hmm there's a lot of requirements that you have to meet so if that's something you'd ever want to think about that would require more back and forth with uh with him well and,
0: and they have actually we have church planting people
1: people yeah and
0: then that would depending lead. on what area you're in so st- i'm still currently the south florida area leader right. so we would we would get involved in that if it was a church plant here in south right. florida um, but if it's somewhere else, then then the um,
1: church planter in that area yeah, and then the
0: area leaders would uh, yeah. have to get involved, which so. is a
1: good thing because you want that coverage. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're and there's just so much wisdom. Yeah. Also, the best piece of advice that I ever got, and this was from him, was so let's say you are planning a church or you're doing a small group or you're leading a Bible, so whatever your leadership role is whatever, don't take in the best, the, the great things at a level that like you live on it, don't take in oh, you're wonder, don't take that in at that level. So that when the bad things come, you're horrible, you don't know, so you don't take that in. And I think speaking as a woman, those, those insults would be really hard on me, especially because they were all about, me. <laughs> just kidding. No, you know, you just don't take in the highs and the lows. Don't try to take that and live in the middle. Live here, knowing that you are ministering to an audience of one. Yes, and that'll keep you on on level. And I think you've always one of your best pieces of advice is I'm just changing God's pocket, mm. and that's a John Wimber quote. He can spend me however he wants, and he's that's easy to roll off the tongue
0: it's harder to live yeah. but it is good but and that you know it's very good in all these things in ministry mm-hmm. you remember who you're doing it for yes and you're only trying to please him and you know you will sometimes and you won't sometimes and you mm-hmm. deal with him yeah. but you will never make everybody people you will never make everybody happy uh no matter how hard you try and you just so that can't be your goal mm-hmm. you you want to be kind and you but you want to be trying to please him and then mm-hmm. you kind of go with it from there and uh the, Alice is right. If you, if you don't let the compliments have any more impact on you than the complaints, then you're okay.
1: And then you can live a steady, yeah. you'll make it long-term. Yeah. Because if you live off those things, it's just gonna, you're not going to make it. Yeah. The yeah. ministry is hard.
0: Well, well, and most pastors don't last very long. Yeah. The yeah. big, vast percentage of pastors don't, don't do this for very long.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. Which is really sad. It's very sad. Very sad. Okay. Ready? This is a good one. Could you share any other impressions that God is giving you about what's coming? Get ready. Get ready. Get ready.
0: No. Next
1: question. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Just some
0: of it. I, I, you know, I honestly think that we're moving into a place where we're going to see some things that we haven't seen before. You know, that one of the hardest things about, for us, everybody was different was we had tremendous momentum going into yeah. COVID oh. and, and like everything was just clicking. We were firing yeah, all yeah. over the place.
1: Yeah,
0: um, And, and then to see it stop, it's like, Oh my goodness. But I, I, uh, I think, you know, uh, it was great. Actually, it's a time of reflection. Um you know, I, I want to keep hold of everything that's got and not keep hold of any of the other stuff. And, and yeah. over the course of time and that kind of busyness and momentum, you pick up some fluff that you don't need. Yeah. Um, and so I think we've been able to work through some of that. I think we're going to see, uh, I, I, so here's how I would see what's going to happen when we finally move through this next little period of time, uh, you know, and there's more people, um, I've had their vaccines and they're. we can actually start inviting people back. You know, we haven't done really any marketing or anything. Um, We've just been doing it, right? Um, We've done some outreach, but as far as like Facebook advertising, really trying to get people in, because we want to have room for them to, yeah. But as we move into the next short period of time, really, next couple of months, I think, and we get through more of the vaccine process and people start, okay, where they're ready to come out and everything. Um, I think... Hey, we're going to, we're going to go and win back some of the folks who've just gotten out of the habit. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of those people, but I think we can, we can, God's going to bring some of those people back. And then there's a whole new group ready, right for harvest, as Jesus would say, and that we just need to get out there and show the love of Jesus. And we're going to have opportunities to um, encourage people and to and to invite them into the kingdom and learn what's going on and to pray for people and see God do miracles. Yes. I think that that's all going to get notched up. <laughs> I think you know spiritual gifts are going to pop up. Yes. I think there's going to be words of knowledge yes. that help people into the kingdom and insight and um, just a number of things.
1: That are leaders, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: all these things are going to kick in and and take things up to a new level. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why we're we're getting ready. Mm-hmm. I, I just think we're going to see you know it'll be beyond what we can imagine so it's kind of hard to prepare for but yeah get ready i think it's going to happen why don't share
1: them. a little bit of what happened in that worship set at bayside when you just saw all the young people loving god and how god spoke to your heart just share a little bit of that
0: yeah so I, think- I was one morning we were there during uh worship and the um bayside has a uh college attached to them, and it's, uh, so they've got lots of young people on campus Mm -hmm. that are there all the time Mm -hmm. as interns, uh, over 150, I think, Um, and as part of the college, they have a worship school, and so for this set, there must have been 40 young people on stage leading worship, it was great, and um, they, they were, it was excellent, it was well done, but just their Um, their heart for God and the way they were going at it. And and during worship, I just felt that the Lord was telling us just started to weep. Listen, you know, this is the, the church is in good hands. Mm The, the, Mm The, the, you know, there's young people everywhere, you know, you, we, we can get in the keys sometimes and have one way of looking right. at things and you get out into the bigger picture. The church right. is in good hands. The church is not done. The church is getting ready mm-hmm. and there's all these people with this mm-hmm. great passion. Yes. And it was just, it spoke a lot to me about it Cause I said to Alice, well, yeah. you know, the, the church, we're in good hands. We, yeah. It's okay. It's, it's, God's got this. He's yeah. doing things.
1: And we're so, in a different quarter of our life. Yeah, yeah, So to look back at these people, just at kids, you know, in the first quarter we might be in the fourth, but it's just so, she just threw up the cat. Oh, so it's just very encouraging for us. But to we're looking see.
0: good. I point you know,
1: whatever, for old folks. Just don't look at that eye. <laughs> <laughs> or my cat, or my poor baby. Pay attention hey. to the cat. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay.
0: I got you one, one more. <laughs> Stay this way. Not, no, just
1: keep going. Sure. On. Okay. Press on. It seems like God leads Satan to target Job. Is this the case? I can understand that God knew Job's heart and the depth of his faith, therefore realizing that Job could withstand the testing. Is this why and on the right track?
0: I love the book of Job. Here's what you need to know about Job. And I think it sort of answers all the rest of the questions. Um, Job is, is... Job is there so that we never think that this relationship is yeah. based on our performance.
1: performance. Yeah, amen.
0: Because no matter how good it is, or it's not, it's just not. And and um, it also helps us to because see if you if you get and you have this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: most of us have this tendency. We're convinced it's a little bit about our performance, and so. <laughs> If we do it right, then God should do this. Right. And, and why the, in the uh, world would God do that to somebody who's doing it right? That's the big question. Well, if when that's your question, that means you've you got a performance mindset. And it's just not because God ultimately comes in and says, who are you to question me? <laughs> and that's, that's really it. The, the reality is none of us deserve the grace and the mercy of God and the goodness mm. of God. And the mm. fact that he's made a way for us to be in relation. None of us. We've all, every single one of us basically told God we don't need you we're going our own right. way and so that has to get into your mindset and then all of a sudden you look at things much differently and yeah. you look at job and you 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 say well God's God we're changing he can do whatever changing he wants it. with us okay. it doesn't it's not about what we think is just and unjust it's about God God is God fortunately he's filled with mercy and love and grace and has made a way for us but uh he's God we're not we weren't around when he spoke everything and we not he did it and he created us to be in relationship with us. And um, we've all said we didn't want it. And that he's made a way for us anyway. So really, if you look at Job with that, then you quit asking those questions because too many people can't get by it. And they think, um, well, Job must have done something. That's what all his friends said. And I, I read a lot of people that have read into it. Well, yeah, this is, you know, Job was, well, Job had this fear and that's why it happened to him. It's got nothing to do with Job's performance. Mm-mm. And God even says, look, go, look at him. He's doing great. Yep. And... uh, uh and you're like, well, that's not fair. It's mm-hmm. we don't deserve any of it. Right. So you're gonna to have to process that through everything I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But but look at Job, and when it doesn't offend you anymore that those things happen, then you're you're kind of dealing with your performance stuff pretty well.
1: The minute you think you've got a formula for getting it right, <laughs> God blows it out of the wall. Yeah, because he doesn't want formula. That's not what you want with the person you love the most. Did I check you off my legal pad today? No. You want connection and in relationship and laughter and t- you want all the depth of that you don't want how i get it right you're how you get it right you know yeah. or how i get it wrong although you know
0: yeah you know. great questions everybody yes and uh, i want to let you go because i don't want to keep you all yeah. night and and uh, so thanks for being a part and um, we love you guys we're praying for you and uh, with that let's say goodbye everybody god bless you guys